This episode of the Randy Russell Podcast is brought to you by the Randy Russell Podcast. If we don't support it, who will? Find this and future episodes at rspeen.com and Apple Podcasts. Questions or comments? Email us at rrpodcast2000 at gmail.com. Stacy Simazek is an award-winning poet and arts organizer and teacher. She was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where in 1999 she started working for Woodland Patting Book Center. She founded and edited Seven Issues of GAM, a free magazine featuring the work of poets living in the Upper Midwest. In 2005, she moved to New York City to work for the Poetry Project at St. Mark's Church, where she served as executive director from 2007 to 2018. She will be a visiting poet for the Fire Island Artist Residency Summer 2019. She is currently writing new poems in Tucson, Arizona. Her books are available via small press distribution at spdbooks.org. Welcome to the Randy Russell Podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Samazic. It's my pleasure to introduce you to our guest today, a man that has perfected making a fried egg, Randy Russell. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> my pleasure. Um, do you want me to go through my egg making um, method? No, forget it. Let's just skip that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm... I'm pretty interested in egg making it's i'm kind of more interested in poaching like how's your poached egg well yeah the po yeah how to poaching eggs at home is really is, is difficult yeah um I've, tr I've tried it a lot of different ways like just throwing some water in a pan and putting a lid around it yeah just trying to get it you know essentially steaming it while frying it I, and I, I have to say i haven't really perfected the poach any poaching egg do you tend to not poach eggs then? Is that like your not least? Too, yeah, not too often. Um, yeah. yeah, just putting them into like boiling water is really is really tough. That's the most standard way, I think. Yeah. But it's hard. That's what I do. I wait till the water boils. And I find that just adding a little bit of vinegar to the water helps seal oh, yeah. the whites. Yeah, the I've whites. heard that vinegar thing. And yeah, I, it's true. I always thought it, it was. It oh. That's true? It it's works? true, yeah. Okay. I always kind of thought that was maybe a scam. It's not a scam. <laughs> It's just, so it'll make you feel yeah. better. Like, oh, I have vinegar in there. It's going to work. Yeah. And I don't know. I was visiting my parents, and she, I was like, oh, she was like, do you want some eggs? She was making some eggs. I was like, sure, but I want one poached. She's got, like, a little, I don't know, like, plastic, like, little cages, like, poaching cages for the eggs. Oh, no. Yeah, that's, that's weird. No, yeah. I don't like that. Oh, okay. That's, that's too <laughs> it's unnatural. It's like there's like perfect. I don't know. I thought it was weird. I didn't want it. Some restaurants do it well. Re make really good poached eggs, which is always exciting. Yeah. When it, when they can do it, some some won't even do it. So like you order it and they go no. Yeah. <laughs> They're not going to. Yeah, like on the eggs Benedict, that can be a really beautiful yeah. blob there. But I, I I like them when you when the yolk has a shape. But, the, but it keeps its shape, but you can cut yeah. in it and it's runny. Yeah. That's when they're, I That's think perfection. they're like, yeah, they're perfect. Perfection. <laughs> but wait, you didn't even get to talk about a fried egg. Yeah, I'm not going to go and go into You're all right. That's enough about <laughs> eggs. <laughs> now, the, the funny thing, though, I just was thinking about it because I was thinking about you, um, seeing you, and we know each other from way back um, through poetry mostly and um i have and i was if i was going to be faced with the question do i still um write poetry which now you're off the hook to ask me that because <laughs> I, i've asked i've asked myself do i still write poetry and which i i don't really do that actively but i do have a um blog um i have a poetry blog and I used to have all these blogs, and I don't really keep them so much anymore because I have a website. Yeah. But my poetry blog is—I can't remember what it's called, but there was a. <laughs> but the, I think it's—I I forgot the name of it. But it's 
it, it's either the title or, or the subheading is huevos rancheros. So there's something kind of like with eggs and poetry that go together. <laughs> I don't know why for me, but there. Yeah, it makes sense. I don't know something. Yeah, with huevos. Oh, it's maybe. Oh, it's po- no, that's plums. Yeah, so poultry. That was the name of my poetry blog. Po- poultry. <laughs> yeah. So. Because my one friend, there is, I have to yeah. say that when I worked at the Poetry Project, somebody thought it was the Poultry Project, so that was like a big joke in our someone office. Did, we yeah. called it the Poultry. I mean, project. someone really thought that, huh? Yeah. Yeah, my old friend, uh, one of my best friends, who's who passed away quite a while ago in the eighties, uh, Keith Bush, used to call poetry poultry. Yeah. And, you know, and he he was like unrelenting about it. You know, it was yeah. like. The word poetry didn't exist for him. So it's always poultry. In yeah, this little slippage. And then you can go to yeah. paltry. Paltry. <laughs> <laughs> poetry, poultry, poultry. <laughs> so but they really thought it was called poultry, poultry project? Mm-hmm. I can't remember though. It was like a phone call, and they were just like, "This is the poultry project." I don't know. It was like you know, <laughs> all kinds of confusion. Yeah, you should probably should have. You didn't have chickens while you were there, did you? Well, no, but it gave me the, the thought. I was like, it would be so much better if we, we had chickens. Because there was there's room there for ch- chickens. I don't know. Uh, I don't know in Manhattan what the, the laws are about keeping laws. Yeah, chickens. Yeah, I don't know. Probably not. So when I lived in, Although, in Brooklyn, a lot of people started having chickens. Yeah. Started to get no, to I had a friend who lived on Rivington, actually, and there were cocks crowing. Oh, okay. So. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe downtown it's okay. Yeah, it could, yeah, it could be. They're in just neighborhood by neighborhood. They have rules about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's a great thing to have in the city. Yeah. I love when... Um, when I, right when I moved to Cleveland, after I moved to New York, I went to the, I lived in, I was living in Lakewood, a suburb of Cleveland, just to the west, and they had a city meeting about keeping chickens. So I attended the, the meeting that they, whoever, someone from the city council or whatever, and yeah. so they were going through the whole of the rules, and and it, you, you would have to be approved, I guess, and, make, and, you know, they wanted to make sure you had the correct environment, and also, I think they thought they were going to like limit the um, amount. They, they thought, you know, if they if they didn't have a limit, um, you know, just suddenly everyone would have chickens, which I don't think would happen. But yeah, you know, yeah. they were worried about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was, it was interesting. It was like, you know, it was re- people really got into the whole subject, and so all these people came. They were experts, and it's, I mean, it's a kind of great thing. When I when I lived over on Van Buren, when I lived here before the, oh. the uh, Elwood, the uh, Superhead chickens there for a while. Oh yeah, I think it would be great if St. Mark's Church started keeping chickens, poets yeah. and chickens. Yeah, that's a good. Maybe it's a good suggestion. Yeah, what so, were you doing in Cleveland? Can you say? Well, yeah, no, yeah, I I um I moved out of New York when I moved from New York. Um, I moved in with my friend Jeff Curtis in in uh. Lakewood, he's an old friend of mine, and we played in bands since the early 80s. And he had a, he had a house with a room empty. So it was, it's, just, it's easiest just to, to move somewhere where you already know where you're going. You know, when you're, you're car full of stuff, you can just load right in. Yeah. Um, so he rented me a room, and, a, and I was looking for a job there. And I looked for several months, and I wasn't finding anything. And then... Um, Frankie Latino was working on a movie in Milwaukee, and so I moved here to help. Work on, you know, I was supposedly going to be a producer, so I moved here to help him with this movie. So it's just nice to have somewhere to go and um, some purpose. Yeah. So that's what I why I ended up in both those places there and here. Back here. But I used to. I lived in Cleveland when I in the eighties. Mm. I grew up in Ohio. Okay, in northern Ohio, that. and so I lived um, 88, 89, I lived in Cleveland, and I, and I, I always like Cleveland. And how did you get to Milwaukee initially, school? The first, I first moved here um, when I worked on, uh, 
with uh, Chris Smith on the uh, Zero TV website. Oh, okay. So I knew him from Iowa City. Okay. And I lived in Portland. I had moved out to Portland. And then around or in 2000, we started this Zero TV um, website. And we we're going to try to be, you know, have an internet TV channel. Yeah. And so I moved here for that. Okay. And, um, quite, and a bunch of people who I know who moved here at the same time and stayed here like Ray Chi moved here for that and yeah what uh, year was that it was it was uh t well, it was 2000 when I moved here I think we okay. got zero tv going probably in 2001 yeah because I moved back here in 1999 and then started working for Woodland Pattern and I feel like 2002 2005 that was like a really kind of second moment creatively in milwaukee there was a lot going on that was oh, very yeah. interesting yeah there was yeah i think there was our writing group years <laughs> yeah and so yeah so we were in a, this write, writing group yeah and i don't remember the exact years of that but it, but did, it was but it, went it was more it was two or three years yeah it went on for several years yeah pretty consistently that, uh, that our mutual friend kiki anderson asked me and um i'm gonna ask her to be a on this podcast at some point. Oh, yes. Good idea. But, but she, yeah, she asked me, and, and, and I was really, I was really happy about that. And it was, um, it was fun. It was like challenging for me because the people in our writing group, all of you were much more advanced than me, I felt. Like, and I would, and I would hear, hear stuff you talked about, and it was like, I don't even know what they're talking about <laughs> sometimes. Like, and, well, um, just more at a more advanced academic level. And do you think, I don't know. The thing I liked about it is that we were all kind of coming from different places. Like I was like diehard poet and that's, that's it. And Jennifer Montgomery, filmmaker and Kiki was doing like all sorts of stuff, but music, right. um, mm -hmm. film, you know, so film, it was like all these, these genres and Marie Larson was in it for yeah, a minute. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought that you know all together we were kind of a weird group that worked. Right. Yeah. Like not usual suspects. No, you know it was a really yeah it was a really fun group. I, yeah. I like really lo looked forward to it and, it and it encouraged me to to really work on stuff. Yeah. We would just bring a, a poem and then read it, and so I tried to have something every. I think we met weekly usually. Yeah. And I yeah I kind of missed that. I know. I'm just stunned that it lasted as long as it did. Because now I feel like it's impossible to get, you know, four or five people to meet weekly for oh, yeah. for any amount of time. Yeah. We sustained yeah. it, but I guess sustaining something in Milwaukee isn't as challenging as in New York City. Yeah, I guess. I, yeah. I, well, sometimes I feel like there's just as much. I mean, there isn't as much going on technically, but yeah. people are... So are just as busy. If you're busy, you're busy. Yeah. But I. You don't have like the MTA. Yeah. Nightmare to contend with, but I think I think it was just good chemistry too. We enjoyed each yeah. other. Yeah. No. It was, yeah. It was a nice. It was a nice group. It's kind of like a, having a band in a way or something mm -hmm. like that. You're like actually get along, and you go like, oh, I can't believe we we actually get along. Yeah. And the poems that came out of that uh, ended up in a book for me, Hyperglossia, well, yeah, right, so, right. where I think I thank the writing group in the end. <laughs> so it was like, you know, a significant experience for me creatively to workshop those. Yeah, that's, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was fun discussing them too, and and. That was really that was probably the the biggest challenge for me just to know how to talk about stuff. Yeah, like that. I had a few. I mean, I was in. I had a poetry class in college when I first went to school, college, and it was rough. I was like, <laughs> I don't know what to say. Yeah, and no one did, and it was just there was like it was it was weird it was awkward. weird and I was very awkward. <laughs> and. Um, and so I, I took very few writing classes in college just because it was like, that's just, it's hard. Yeah. It was a little easier, like photography and 
drawing classes, it was just easier to talk about. I thought, poetry is a little hard to talk about. Sometimes you see it in, in, in movies. I always like when movies that are about that have writing classes. Oh, yeah. You know, once in a while. And oh, but that, I mean, it's usually kind of cliche, but... Good lens to, like, look at movies through. Like, can you, like, rattle off a couple where you've had, you've noted writing scenes? Um, well, there's that one, what is that called? Um, Wonder Boys? Oh, I haven't seen, seen it. that movie? No. I really like that movie for, I, I don't know why I, li I like it so much. And I, um... It's it's one of the kind of movie that anytime it's on TV, I watch it. It's one of those ones where it's on TV. I'm going to watch it even though I've watched it yeah. a lot of times. But it starts out with a scene in a, in a writing class where, you know, and the people are just being really cruel, you know, and everyone's just very <laughs> nasty. And um, and so it's 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 about, you know, it's mostly it's about write, writing primarily. So it's a it's a but it's set, it's set in Pittsburgh. And I think part of the reason I liked it is because it's it's set in Pittsburgh and it's snowy, yeah. so it really has this Midwestern feeling. Oh yeah. And I think they shot it all there, and they must have really found some actual snowy days because it just doesn't. It looks very real. It just has that feeling yeah. of the of this. There's snow and drizzle and freezing yeah. rain and um, throughout the whole movie. And it's, it all you takes like place scenery. over a weekend, I think. Yeah. That's interesting. To, like, lo love a movie for its, like, snowiness. Yeah, probably. Well, it's kind of like when I, wa I watched um, The Most Violent Year, which I didn't think was a very good movie, but I was just, I kind of, like, just put it on silent eventually. And I was like, oh, just New York City in the 70s. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so I was watching it for, like, the, the back. Yeah, that's, I know, it just has that, that look. That seventies New York in the seventies yeah. look looks so great. I know. I didn't want to hear the dialogue though. Where did you move from when you moved here? And uh, at the end of the night, and when was it? Ninety eight or so? Oh, I'd been living um, in Chicago, and before that, I had lived in Philadelphia. Um, after I graduated from UWM, I just kind of took off. Almost had like a six year hiatus and then came back and ended up working at Woodland Pattern, which was enough to keep me back in Milwaukee for six years or five years, six years, 99. And then I left again to go work at the Poetry Project in 2005. Was that the first time you lived in New York then? Yeah, at the it was. Poetry? I always wanted to, but I didn't, I was like, I don't know. Like I was a little bit too intimidated when I was in my 20s to make that move, you know, I, I always felt like the only way I could go to New York is if I had to have a job. And that's exactly what happened. That's what brought me to New York. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's perfect. I know both times I've moved to New York, I didn't have a job and it was rough. <laughs> I know. You know. I didn't want to, I didn't want to have that experience of like giving New York uh, the edge of like, because yes. I was like, it'll spit me out if it has the edge, you know, so I was like, I have to have gainful employment. And I will go there. And that's and that's a great poetry job. So you were the the, the, the director, right? I was, yeah. For, and how for how many years? Until June of this year. So oh, that was I was the director for eleven years, and I was at the project for thirteen. I would mention that to people that I knew you, and <laughs> I'd say she's got the like, the best poetry job in the world. Oh, it's true. It's, it There's really. not that many, but like. <laughs> To compete, but you know, of the like, you know, fifteen great poetry jobs in the world, yeah. I think I think that's the best one. Yeah, that. I know. I the one thing I feel a little bad about is that I didn't attend more things there. Yeah, I feel bad about that too. And, and <laughs> I think I probably told you that when I was once in a while, when I mm. a few times that I saw you while I was living there and. Like I, I saw you one day walking down First Ave, I think. Or Did you say hi to me? Yeah, we, yeah no, we talked. Did we? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But I used to run into people more in New York, and and now, and this last time I lived there, I didn't run into people any, anymore. But you still would sometimes, just because people are out walking more. Yeah. You know, when people oh, are yeah. in cars, you don't run in. You know, you don't run into them, um, and it's so anywhere where people are walking more, you actually might see somebody. I'd see people on the subway once in a while, just, you know, random. 
yeah. in some way. And yeah. So I, yeah, so I would go and walk around in the East Village um, on like every weekend, pretty much. Because I, and when I first moved to New York was in the 80s. And I lived there one year, 85, 86. Were you in the East Village? Yeah, in the East Village. Oh my God! How was? And, tell me more. And so I, I always wanted to try to get the, that feeling back, you know. And yeah. you go, you move somewhere, move away, come back. It's kind of a mistake to try to, <laughs> to relive. Mm -hmm. the, it's never going to feel gone. the same. Yeah. But once in a while, I kind of would. So yeah, I just kept trying. It was that kind of palimpsestic, like even, you know, walking around for thirteen years as like. As much as NYU has taken over and as much as there's like this like, you know, youth, uh, NYU youth kind of party culture that feels very out of sync with anything that I, I know that area to be and mean for me, um, you know, there's still I would still get like enough energy, enough like little teeny little view of something that I wanted to make it worthwhile for me. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was like cute. I don't know if it's like keeping a fantasy of it alive or if I was see you know, it's like hard to know what I was mm -hmm. projecting or making of it all. But it was like still exciting for me, is yeah. what I'm trying to say. No, it's just yeah, I know some people when they talk about Manhattan now, they say, Oh, it's just like it's like Disney World now. It's all no, the edge is you know, still there. Yeah, the but it's still, still it's still like a place where it's extremely densely populated with people who are like not in cars, you know, they're, yeah. like, they're pedestrians are walking. And also you just, the, the amount of people you see from all over the world constantly, you're just seeing, you're in, in contact with people constantly. Yeah. And it's, there are parts that are so densely populated that you, you actually have to touch, physically touch other people. You know, like we're in the subways for one. For one. Oh, that's an excellent you know, point. You're, yeah. you're actually physically touching strangers and yeah. you have to. And so you have to be okay with that. But I would, you know, I would just bump into people on the sidewalk, but you're never going to do it hardly anywhere else, anywhere else, because yeah. you're going to fight or something. Yeah, no, that was but a surprise like for just, me. Yeah, you you bump in, you actually physically bump into people. Yeah. I mean, I left uh, end of August, and I was only gone a couple months. And when I went back to New York in the fall, just for a weekend. I was so irritated. I was just like, oh, my God, like the 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 touching that you're speaking of, you know, like on the street, on the on the subway, yeah. the, you know, proprioception, I guess is the word. Um, it's so different. And I was like, oh, my God, I have to like readjust. And it had only been a couple of months. And I was yeah. like, my body was like not happy. <laughs> yeah, while you're there, yeah, you adapt to it. Yeah, and I wasn't even thinking about, like, it was a surprise to me that that was, like, what jumped out and, and was bothersome to me. But it makes sense. <laughs> I don't like people running into yeah. me. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I've... I, I, I worked on, um, on 8th Ave and 38th Street, um, so it's, like, that's, like, one of the busiest blocks. Oh, I yeah. mean, you're, so you're on 8th Ave between... Port Authority and um, Penn Station. Yeah. And, and there's just awful. so many people on that those sidewalks all the time. It's cra yeah. crazy. I like I like scratched the my the surface of my good wristwatch, you know, just mm. by hit, running into somebody. Oh my god. You know, and and, and it was just and, and, and it's, it's so weird how people just get so used to it though. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, and they 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 kind of put up a wall and then they don't at the same time. So it's a weird combination of those things where they're they're open, they're accepting of things, they're also like really insulated. Mhm. Mm they're just kind of it's you know to insulate themselves. Yeah, I you know I when I was on the plane uh, in Missoula to come here, even though like the energy, the the vibe on the plane, it's like okay, oh this this plane is full of people it's a 5 30 a.m flight and all these people are like ready to go like they want to engage they want to talk <laughs> you know it's like it's like they're ready for action they're like looking around and thinking like how can we get into it like <laughs> and it's like, i was like oh my god this is like so weird because it's like in new york everyone's like um 
how can I make myself more insulated and small? I, I, I mean, it's a generalization, yeah. but it's kind of like everyone's just kind of like, I'm going to keep to myself and mind my own business. Mm-hmm. And even in terms of just like a general feel socially in Missoula, like I buy a cup of coffee and they're like, what are you doing later? Do you have any exciting plans for after this? <laughs> like they really want to like engage. And it's not, doesn't seem fake to me. It seems really genuine. Like if you answer honestly, that conversation will go on. <laughs> yeah. You know? well, and then that's probably an, such an extreme different Missoula. Oh, yeah. I felt like I had built up, um, you know, a force field around myself. Like in New York, nobody talks to me. I'm not like the person that people ask for directions. People don't smile and say hi to me on the street in general in New York City. So I was just like, oh, like I have like developed this like (laughs) repellent (laughs) exterior. But in Missoula, it's just like, hi, baby. You're like, hey, honey, sweetie. It's like, oh, my God. It's like really um, <laughs> uh, dismantled my part of my self image. Was it so? Was it was it kind of shocking when you? Got yeah, I can't remember which city. I get the cities in Montana mixed up because I know I'm learning them. There's like Butte. I've driven through Montana a few Bozeman, times. Bozeman, not lately. Helena, and um, so what university is there? Well, I'm at, I'm at University of Montana University in Missoula. Missoula. Yeah. Like, yeah, so now I can't, I don't have a picture of, like, I, I feel like I had a sense of them at one time because I drove through and each time I would try to, you know, drove across the country a few times and I try to go and explore a little and yeah. I've completely forgotten it now. But it's like, a, it's a brutal state to drive across. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's one of my favorite facts that more cows live in the state than humans which i think is true of wyoming too yeah that's a yeah i guess that makes sense and uh so it's doesn't make sense well i don't know (laughs) more cows than human beings i don't know where cows live in general i guess um i guess they live everywhere but (laughs) yeah i mean there's a lot of cows somewhere yeah um but I think also, I mean, I'd have to check. I might be mixing up my facts with Wyoming, but I think the whole state, I mean, okay, 60,000 people, I think, live in Missoula. But in the whole state, it's like a not, it's like one of the least densely populated states, right. as is yeah. Wyoming. Um, yeah, so I like thinking about that, too, in terms of contrast from coming <laughs> coming from the most one of the most densely populated yeah for sure places that's, in the United yeah, States, if not the you know yeah I think I think that I think Manhattan's the most densely yeah, populated. it must be. I just remember visiting um from Milwaukee and coming in from j f k or no, it was probably LaGuardia, remember Midwest Express. Those yeah, were the days. Right. <laughs> <laughs> my my direct cheap Midwest Express flight with warm chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> yeah. And I remember like taking a cab and like looking at the city and being like, oh my fucking God. It's so dense. Thank God I don't live here. Like this like looks so awful. <laughs> when I first moved there I had only visited once. And uh like my my girlfriend at the time and I, this is in the mid '80s. We drove. Yeah. We said she, we have to visit New York. She says I think I might want to move there. And I said, well, okay. Well, so we we drove we drove there, and you know we drove in and like I just remember driving on over on the, um, in the east side, whatever the east side highway is. Yeah. And just seeing the bridges with the lights on them and everything, yeah. because it was just after dark when we got there, and it was like this. It looks like an amusement park. Is this so sh- shocking to me? Just how pretty it looked at night, um, but then, but then it was. It's like, how do we move here? Yeah, it's kind of how bewildering do do to the uninitiated. So, so I, I, oh, I actually, I went back once by myself, stayed with a friend, looked in the. It was, it's actually, I don't know if it's harder or easier with the internet. Actually, it's hard. It's debatable, probably. But I, I got the. You know, everyone said you wait till Wednesday. Get the Village Voice. 
right? When it comes out on Wednesday, look oh at the uh, look at the uh, sublets. So it was Wednesday. Got the Village Voice. Looked at the sublets. Started calling people from pay phones, of course. And um, I found a guy. He said, "Yeah, well, I'm I'm gonna be subletting for for a uh, month." So I went over and talked to him. So he was a guy from Chicago who had been in the Steppenwolf Theater Company and knew John Malkovich and everything. Mm. So. And, he, and I just felt like he, I could trust him. You know, I said, like, he, just the way he talked about stuff. Yeah. But you really have to trust people. <laughs> I'm like writing a check for $500 or whatever it was. Yeah. Gave him a check. Did you regret it? And then, um, you know, we gave him a check. And then, and then I, you know, went back to Ohio and said, well, I hope when we get there with our car full of stuff, didn't turn out to be a scam. <laughs> so then we... Move out of her apartment, drive there, not knowing for sure until we get there if if it was you know legitimate yeah. or not. Was what? How you? How do you check? Yeah, I mean it was just really trust. Yeah. So we and then we got there and you know someone had the keys for us and we went this place. He had cat, and um, so that was like on Thirteenth Street, Avenue A, and um, you know it, it just you know it was it just seemed really. Ma- magical when, yeah. when we got there. Yeah. It was like it was so exciting. But all, and then it got really fast, got got scary. Yeah. You know, we were just like, what are we doing? You know, <laughs> <laughs> find jobs now. Yeah. And I was I, like I was like regretting it after about a month. Ooh. Um and I you know, I was going like I gotta we gotta move back. You know, I can't take this. It's just too intense. Yeah. And we have to find a, another apartment now you know we have a one month to find another place to live or we're gonna have to move and then i was like right, one day i was like desperate i was like i'm gonna have we've got to move it's like fourth of july and i went out and people, kids were shooting the fireworks all across like avenue a and it was like totally crazy and i went into a i said i want to buy an avocado i went into this fruit stand to buy an avocado and i, I bought it and, and, and then i looked out and like tom waits was standing outside <laughs> Like wearing this weird suit, you know. I go, shit, that's Tom Waits. So, yeah. And I said hi to him. I said hi. He said hi. <laughs> and then I went back home and I said, I, th- I kind of like New York now. Yeah. <laughs> I just like Tom Waits at the fruit stand. Well, it's true. It's like you establish your patterns, and it's like I saw. I would see, you know, poets who, to me, are well-known poets, uh, in the East Village all the time on the street. And hi, yeah. hi. And it's like, oh, that. And then you, oh my God, this is great. I love my neighborhood. Um, but I used to always see Philip Glass and have kind of like oh, have that experience. Right, yeah. He's like lived, I you know walked by his house on the corner of Second uh, and Second, I believe. Um, you know, twice a day for the whole time I worked at the Poetry Project. So I'd be like buying flowers, or I'd be uh, eating Indian food. Um, so it's kind of interesting, like oh, there's Philip Glass. Like this is like a touchstone for my New York experience. Yeah, that's nice. yeah. yeah. A, like if I saw him, I wouldn't recognize him. So you have to be able to recognize somebody. But yeah, I think like Wallace Shawn is so used to mm-hmm. be someone that everyone would always sure. see because he's always walking and also easily recognizable. You go, oh, I saw Wallace Shawn today. Yeah. And um, but then you you got to work with a lot of. Really amazing people. So that's right, mainly through the marathon, um, which is going to be so weird. Not being the, the this New Year's Day will be the first, first, first uh, New Year's Day that I'll be celebrating as a civ- civilian since oh, two thousand and five. Yeah. Yeah, that annual marathon. Yeah. So, um, of course, Philip Glass, Patty Smith. I would see her. Um, she lived in the West Village, but. Yeah, I mean, I got to organize that high celeb reading. So, was it, is it sad? Was it sad for you leaving that job? Um, no, I wouldn't say it was sad. I would say, um, I wanted to leave. I knew I wanted to leave a couple of years before I actually did, but I did I did it pretty professionally and like gave them a lot of notice so they were able to conduct a pretty thorough uh search that didn't need to be, you know, carried out very rapidly. Um oh, but it was I was pretty burned out, so I knew it was time for me to go mm-hmm. and I care enough about the organization that I was like I don't think I'm doing anyone any favors, especially not myself by staying. 
That's yeah. That's well. That's good that you knew you know ahead of time, and then yeah, I imagine that yeah, it just was, it was probably easy to yeah. get burned out, huh? With it was oh yeah. Was a, was, I mean, I think in order to kind of like do a great job, um, yeah, I just had I felt like I had contributed what I was really happy with the contributions I had made, and I felt really good about passing the torch at that moment. And I think we found a really good person. So I didn't have any worries about like moving on and what would happen to the project or my legacy. Um, yeah, but I mean, I guess to answer your sad question, it's, it definitely left me with a void. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of was like serving as the architecture for my entire life, especially you know socially. It was so intensely social. It gave me my social life. I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You know, so it was yeah. kind of like, oh, how do I have less social life? So it was always like a problem, a surplus problem. Which <laughs> is not not what I have now. Now I'm just like, um, <laughs> you know, echoing into yeah. the canyon. <laughs> What's well, yeah? It's I've, yeah. I've ne- I've never had a I've never had a job that I was sad leaving. So that's it would be a new experience to me. To, to I'm sad. Yeah. And leaving this, and, but but I, I love I really love poets, you know I love them, mm-hmm. and um, I'm not sick of, I'm not sick of poets as a people. That's good. <laughs> Once in a while, I think yeah. there's you know you see organizations where somebody is involved with an organization and they're too they're too long, and you kind of know I'm not going to name any. Oh yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to name any names. I, I really can't think of any offhand, but oh, it's like a very yeah, familiar uh, <laughs> thing where some of you go, they've been there too long. And yeah. It would be better if they had. Yeah, I didn't found, want people saying that about me. And, you know, it's found like. Somebody. Yeah. Found someone with a new energy or. I was on the verge, man. Or, yeah. Well, the, as far you know, what I said, was saying earlier about feeling guilty about not going there mm. more than I was living in, in Brooklyn. And it's just. It wasn't the the hardest train ride or anything, but you know, just the the kind of thing where you go. It's it seems it almost it almost feels lame for me to even say this now after living somewhere that doesn't where the um, public transportation is not as good, or like you know, if I'm going to go get a bus right now, it might be twenty five minutes. Yeah, you know, but you know, and going there and getting and taking the eight finding an A or C train, you know, you're going to have to wait a couple minutes probably. But it's just the idea of of going to something in the evening because I'm a morning person. Mm-hmm. Where I start burning, I start to burn out about four or five o'clock. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know? And 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 you know, just to get myself to go out to something in the evening yeah. sometimes is really really difficult. Yeah, do you get up at like six? Yeah, I get I get up at now five every day now. Oh my god. Um, when and, do you go to bed? About eleven. Okay, I, I try to get six hours of sleep. That's not a lot. I like I like function really. They recommend well, more, you know that. The six, well, I think it varies with different people. <laughs> it's like you to know yourself. Um, yeah, like um. But you are a human. Sean Combs gets four. Sean, four. No. <laughs> Sean Combs. He's he's yeah four hours. That's how he gets so much done. Yeah, that's true. And, uh, but I always, I always felt that people get the same, same amount done. <laughs> if you try sleeping less, you're probably, you're probably working a little bit slower. Yeah. And if you sleep yeah. a little more, maybe you can work more in a more focused way. Um, but six, six for me is good. Yeah. So if I get six hours of sleep, I feel, I Refresh. feel good. Yeah. So it's, it's not that far off me. If I sleep more, I, I feel sluggish. Even if you got seven. Rarely do I ever have get seven hours of sleep. Yeah. I feel I feel obviously I feel weird it. or have a headache. Oh. So six six is good for me. Yeah. And and five I can function very well and you know and then occasionally I have two and you know you can do that for one night. Yeah. Um, then you have to catch up a little. But but. I'm not good at evening yeah. stuff. So the events were too late. Yeah, no, it's just anything, and it's a, and then it's the idea of like, okay, after this is over, I'm gonna go, go 
stand on the sub subway platform. It's cold for, for, for who knows how long. Well, it's not going to may, may not be that long, but it might be. No, it could not, be. Yeah, sometimes it is. And then, I had to. Oh my God, I mean, it's not, it's it's not rush like, hour. I had yeah. to uh, walk <laughs> ten blocks. I was like taking the Second Avenue F, so I would like walk down to Houston. In my opinion, one of the most disgusting stations, just like piss soaked, crawling with rats. And maybe the F would come in 20 minutes. Yeah, the, the F could be very unreliable. At night, especially yeah. after an event. So for yeah. me, it was like 11. Or you get down there and it'd be like, there's no F-bound trains to Brooklyn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and there's always like oh my God. Yeah, something. Yeah, there's always some problem. I mean, I like yeah. to leave the light footprint, but I do love having a car again. Yeah. <laughs> and you would see rats in there. Yeah, you, you would see rats. <laughs> yeah, St. Mark's has rats. That whole, you know, that Abe Liebewald triangle park in front, that oh, yeah. whole that little um, fenced-in garden area was just like a rat family. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So yeah, maybe the chickens and the rats wouldn't have got, wouldn't get along. Yeah, that would might be helpful somehow. I don't know how they interact. Yeah, I don't know. You didn't ever have a cat there, though, did you? No. That'd be good, too. Yeah. They, uh... Yeah, they should just start getting animals. I love how the how corner stores will just have a cat, and it's just like, that cat is just totally working. You know, that's that. <laughs> it's an employed cat. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it just it hangs out, sits out on the sidewalk, and watches people go by, and, you know, and at night gets locked in and chases the rodents away. It's like... Pretty, pretty amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, so if I, you know, and then I was, never felt like I had enough money to take a car home, rarely. Oh, yeah. So it's it just, it shouldn't be so like like that, though. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah, you're we're like still this, talking about the project. Yeah, going, well, no, well, <laughs> the project's a it was going to any, it was going to anything in Ma- Manhattan, you know, yeah. Or I would like I work I worked in Manhattan, then I would go like now do I go home, and then go out again and back to Manhattan, or yeah. do I stay after work? So that's that's always the yeah. dilemma. I always um, wish we could have the readings at seven, but I mean as a shared multi-use space, we didn't have a lot of say over what we could and couldn't do in terms of days and times. So I think mm-hmm. a lot of people. Um, seven would have been a better time. Yeah. Certainly for us, you know, we get home at midnight sometimes. Right, yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I don't know, it's, that's relatively early in some ways, you know, compared to, I don't know if those things still go as late as they do, as they used to. Is that still a music trend? I mean, it was like... Oh, I don't know. I know, when I... When I first lived there, I know that I would like go to work and guys would come into work and they would have just left a club. <laughs> and so it was like they would come to work in the morning drunk because they, you know, they had gone to see a band that started playing at four in the morning. Yeah. And uh, that was just how, how that was organized. And I don't, I think it, things have gotten a little bit earlier. I think so. Yeah. But I'm not sure. I don't know. Maybe that would work for some someone. Well, anyway, when I, I worked at the Strand Bookstore when I oh I didn't know that I, the first when I first lived there, um, and that was like the first job I found, and then I kept it the whole year I lived there. So that was a really good experience. And um, when I mo- moved back, tried to get a job there again, and they wouldn't hire me. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? They looked at your file. Um, I think it just—it's got it's way more turn. competitive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They—it's possible they that my one supervisor remembered me. Yeah, I think they're trying to unionize now. We were—we were in the union in, when I was in the eighties. In the eighties, oh. we were. Um, it was the only time I've ever had a union job. Oh my gosh! Is it? Uh, are we getting short on time? Nope. Oh, okay, I thought it was, I thought I saw it. <laughs> the cha- the chapstick my, means uh, uh, time to wrap this up. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> my I lips no, are getting I have no dry. Sense of it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought maybe yes, maybe stop. Good, 
time to stop him from talking about uh, old times. (laughs) (laughs) But but it was it was yeah it was kind of surprising. Was like branch of the AFL CIO was the same uh, chapter that the uh, Village Voice production workers were in. I think so. I went to union meeting. Everything. Oh my god! Yeah. You know, that, Village voice, R.I.P. It was, uh, um, and it was uh, three ninety an hour. <laughs> Incredible. So we started at three three ninety an hour. And, uh, it's not much better now, from what I hear. It's probably it's probably pays. It's nothing. still minimum wage. Yeah, it probably pays minimum. Yeah, it probably pays nothing, and but it's probably way harder to get a job there. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's like everyone's the they're like PhD people working there now, uh-huh. you know. And, so, uh, I mean, that's how like like City Lights was notoriously hard to get a job. People said you pretty much have to have a PhD <laughs> to get a clerk job. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so weird, but true. But the and the Strand was easy when I first got a job there. It was like the turnover was like really high. Yeah. And um, I think I went to a, like I start, I said I want to work at a bookstore. That's what I decided when I got to. New York. So I walked around and I talked to some old guy in the old, you know, in the little privately owned bookstore. And he said, well, it's pretty much just me running this place. <laughs> I'm not, not hiring anyone. He goes, but you could try the Strand. Uh, and because um, it's kind of a grind there, but, you, you know, they're always hiring. And yeah. I said, oh, what, what's that? And, you know, he told me where it was. That's like the first time I had ever heard of it. Um, so I went there and, you know, Took the had to take the literary test. <laughs> oh my God! What <laughs> was that liter- like? They have a literary. You know, they ask you like they have like some. You know, it's like a matching game. You know, like a Jane Austen and a Jane Austen novel. <laughs> oh my God, that's hilarious! <laughs> you line those up, <laughs> and I think this guy Ben McFall helped me. I know guy. Ben. He still you, works you know there. Do yeah. you believe that? He's still. Yeah, I, I see him in day. there when I would stop in there. I said, "Oh, Ben McFall's still here." And I think he might have came over and like helped me with the test, but I can't I can't remember because I and then I read an article in the New Yorker like when I was living last time I was living there there was this article about the Strand, and um, they had something about the literary test. <laughs> the liter- they still give the literary tests to people, and they still did. Yeah, they still had the test. I know and, it is funny. It reminds me of when I was living in Philadelphia. I got a job at TLA Video, just like. Working in a video store as a clerk, and they gave me the the movie test. <laughs> it's like who who is your favorite director and why? And I was just like, oh shit! So it's like I had spent like two weeks. I mean, I always loved film, but I I was not so well versed. But I wanted to be impressive because I knew that again, you know, it's like oh, this is a job where I I need a PhD to be a clerk. So I was like, okay, Claire Denis is my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, you know, seen her films for the first time like three days ago. But I was like, <laughs> in retrospect, I think I chose very well. It, it, uh, it remains some somewhat mm-hmm. true. She is up there for me. Yeah. <laughs> but this is like, you know, in 1992. And that was an essay test, though. They asked you why. I know. I had to write an essay. Yeah, yeah, so this... And I didn't even get to match. Yeah. The, the matching was a little easier. Yeah. But, but you know, they're, those are tr- they're tricky, too, because, you know. Classic literature is like, well, yeah. But then you imagine it's like you know the shift managers reading your. Who's your favorite director? And it's just like you know. All right, yeah. Martin Scorsese, oh, yeah. So mainstream. Yeah, they're just gonna pigeonhole <laughs> you there, just because of your <laughs> your dust. Yeah, that, that was the only question. <laughs> yeah, they were. Yeah, the video stores are probably they're probably a little more judgmental on you and. This, I know. Uh, and then it's like, seriously, it's like, here's the duster. You go through like the beaded curtains and you're like dusting the porn. I'm like, seriously? All right. Yeah. Who cares who my favorite director is? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, you want to you check out like ladies who come in your face? Okay. Here you go. <laughs> it's like a real tutorial. I can't remember the name of it. It was like, I can't, can't remember, but you know. It was like a big deal in the mid '90s, ejaculating mm-hmm. women. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very popular. Yeah, I love how Basically, video stores had the little the, those little extra sections there. The extra section. Yeah. Where's your extra yeah, you section? Go through, the, go through that door into the 
the back. Yeah, it's like every job I had. It was like when I worked at the Oriental Pharmacy. <laughs> it's like, oh, this, I got this really cool job. And it's like, oh, I'm just like selling like lottery tickets and booze and cigarettes and condoms. You and that was at, like a hot job. You worked at the Oriental Pharmacy, huh? I did yeah, for okay. through college. See, when it, when I moved here, it was already gone. And it, oh, my just, God. It just yeah, kind of like, it just kind of marks me as, as someone who's never, who's, who's You've a never newcomer. Had, yeah, I'm yeah. always going to be a newcomer to yeah. Milwaukee because it's I, true. I wasn't in the Oriental Pharmacy era. Well, Milwaukee, Milwaukee, I mean, it sounds dramatic, but there is something that is dead about it to me because that corner is no longer what it used to be. I mean, I'm glad that the theater is still there. Yeah, that's for sure. But they like tore the heart out of it. Mm -hmm. That's how it feels to me. Well, there's the the new food thing on the corner now, though. It's le at least there's something there now that on that corner. Oh yeah, there wasn't there like a bad Italian restaurant. Yeah, the, yeah, there was some time. restaurant that I probably would have never gone to, and now they have a little food mall. Oh. Um, which I haven't been to yet. It just it just opened. I was actually surprised to see it was last time I walked over there. It was open. So um, that's maybe promising. I don't know. I'm not sure what all yeah. is there. I hope so. Yeah, things are really closing, opening and closing like crazy here. It's hard to keep up. Yeah. My favorite, one of my new favorite cafes, the Pleasant Cafe, closed already. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. That's, yeah, that's since... Well, that's, I mean, it was only in the last couple of years it opened. Yeah. So it, ha it had a short life. It's where the Dentice sausage used to be. The what? Den Dentice sausage. Oh. I'm not sure if his, um, if his, his, their name is pronounced Dentice or Dentice, because people say both. But it was this, the old Sicilian sausage maker who was my landlord oh. when I lived on. Uh, Wait, are you talking about the ravi ravioli cannoli guy? No. Do you but know he's him? Gone too, he right? died. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, might, he had to be. Yeah. He has to be dead. Yeah. No. Ravioli, yeah, cannoli, cannoli. Those kind of things you can't replace. Like people no. like that. Is the why not two still around? Because that's where he would. Yeah. Sell why not two? Two is still, is still open. Yeah. Last I checked, I'm getting so like I'm. I'm every time I go out. <laughs> uh, there's something else closed though. I don't. Yeah. And Fuel I, is still there. I'm assuming. Last I checked. Yeah. There. But, um, yeah, the, just, um, yeah, constantly being shocked about things changing, though. Yeah. And Zoff still has his shop, right? Yep. That's good. So that's... Stephanie's yeah. space, that was so fun. Yeah, that's... Back yeah, in the day. Sad that that's gone. <laughs> I know. You know, that was just, that was, that yeah. was a fun moment. What, what what was it? what was it? What did she call it? I can't remember now. Oh, and oh, the my gosh, and also the um, yeah, Tingle really? showcase. It was yeah. what was a Darling Hall, Darling, Darling Hall. Hall. That was a great space. Yeah, yeah, Darling Darling Hall was. See, that was like something that happened after I moved here, and it was. I was here to like see all that happen, and yeah, but I didn't see the sad end. Yeah, where they nor did I got the, in trouble with the police, but. <laughs> it's had to end somehow, I guess. Yeah. So, but that was kind of like a real heyday for Milwaukee. I mean, that's my from my point of view. Yeah. No, I because think so. I was involved. <laughs> no, well, that's what it is. Those were the heydays. I know. So, well, you know, you can always find find new things. Well, I always used to think of in in. Uh, I would always talk about terms of golden age places. Yeah. And I think it would annoy people to talk like that, but you could kind of feel it sometimes, though, where you're somewhere you go like, this is like the golden age. Well, yeah, there was something happening. Like there's something, you know, and sometimes it's, pattern. it's a person who is really a charismatic person with a lot of energy is really making something happen like that. Yeah. And, but... Sometimes it just seems like things all fall together. That certain friends and groups of people, or group. Yeah, that's what people. I'm talking about. That's like yeah. I, I think that's exactly what happened, and, and it was like a lot of different people doing well, a lot of different things, but it still had a do-it-yourself ethos. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I mean, 
as a poet, it was like, oh, like all of these people who aren't poets are interested in poetry. That's wonderful. All right. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, you know, it's, it's always, it's always weird. It's kind of funny when you find people who aren't like poets interested in poetry. That's an interesting thing. Yeah. And there was one year I lived in, one year I lived in Kent, Ohio. I believe this was 87, 88. I lived, um, the last time I lived in Kent, Ohio, and they had this poetry festival there um, that year. And I don't remember who who it was who all put it on. I can't remember all the names now. Um, but and I, Or even if it was an annual festival. I had lived in Kent before that, and I don't remember this happening. But that year, this poetry festival happened. It was like went over several days. People came in from out of, out of town. There was other, there was a, yeah. someone came from Amsterdam. I mean, they actually had money to bring people into town. There were like readings every night. And I did write poetry at that time, but I wasn't. I didn't think too highly of it, and I was kind of intimidated by the scene a little bit. Yeah. So I didn't participate in any readings or act like or or say I'm a poet or. I just wasn't participating except as a spectator. And my um I lived in this house with a bunch of people and one of them was a was a poet and he read. And when my one friend who lived in the house didn't write poetry at all. He was like never wrote poetry maybe in his life. And and we both went to like everything and we were we were just so excited about it. It was just like I felt like it was like you know, it was like going to a film festival or something mm-hmm. at their best. And it, it was it was really fun. It was like I you know, I I, did, I got to know the names of all these different people, and, and and you know, and I made in my mind had these little, you know, I was a little like it was like a fan club for these different, you know, they were, so there was a really interesting group of uh, people who were there reading. Yeah, do you remember you know, any? I don't remember hardly any. Yeah, <laughs> like there was there was this one there was one poet Ralph the Charity who was from from Kent, but I don't know if he was there at that time. It was pretty well known. Um, there was a woman named, I think her name was Julia Vinograd from oh, uh, San Francisco. Yeah. And I'm, and she was older, but I remember she had jewelry. All her jewelry was eyeballs. It was an eyeball. Mm. I and mean, it was just, there's like details like that that I just was really, really liked. There was a guy named Roberto Valenza from uh, San Francisco who was just really, a really intense guy kind of old hippie kind, kind of guy, long-haired guy, very intense guy. And there was there was this guy in, in Kent at the time named Bob Wood, who was a painter who had Tourette's syndrome. Oh. So he was famous in Kent for like flipping people off and or walking down the street saying fuck you to people. <laughs> and so he would be at an event sometimes and, and people would have to t- say this Bob Wood, if he's like flipping you off, it's not nothing personal. <laughs> and, and just one of the local eccentric people who was actually really intelligent and a great guy yeah but people thought called you know people called him crazy bob um and so i remember going to the grocery store to buy like buy something for the festival and i went with bob wood and roberto valenza to like the giant eagle grocery store and i said like this is like a surreal experience because both of them were like freaking out immediately got in the fluorescent lights and like they're, you know, both in their own way, were just having meltdowns in the grocery store. They <laughs> were trying to buy stuff. And I said, "Looks like, I, like I felt like you I was in a movie. Like together. I was in a movie. Yeah, <laughs> it was just like I drove them over, and I'm going like, I feel like I'm in a movie. This is like a movie scene. These are like great characters. Yeah. But the whole thing was like that. Like everybody in this poetry festival was like that, and it was like, and I always thought like, why doesn't that everywhere I live should have an event like that? Yeah. And maybe they do, and I just, I'm not open to it. You know, that's probably what it was. It was just like time and place, and I was like into it. And, um, but it was like the only time I ever remember living somewhere where I was that excited about a poetry festival. Yeah. And, you know, and it's, maybe I'll make a note to. There aren't that many. (laughs) Don't think of like poetry and festival come together too much. Yeah. You know, they they, they print yeah, everything that everyone read. They had paper copies of, and then yeah, um, people went out with like spray adhesive and like all glued it up under one of the bridges. So it was like yeah. this physical thing under a bridge where it was all the words were there. You know, and yeah, there's just stuff like that going on. It was really fun. 
yeah, I'm kind of interested in like where poetry can emerge. You know, it's like, okay, like obviously in New York, I had this tremendous experience that was held together by, you know, the organization of the poetry project. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I moved to New York, I was so surprised by, I mean, there was also maybe it's like strangely something more conservative about it than Milwaukee, the scene. I mean, it's like, were you at, you were at my going away party. I mean, it turned into like a nude. (laughs) (laughs) Remember the prudes and the nudes. (laughs) I mean, there was like nudity and pudding Mm. fights and stripping and. Well, whenever you have Joe Malutis around, that's. Honestly, I swear to God. Okay. Like I think Joe would be all right with me saying that. Um, yeah, I mean, like, make out count. It's like I made out with Joe Malutis. Like, how did that happen on this earth? And it's like he would come to the poetry project, and I'd, I'd just, like, say to the person next to me, see that guy? I've seen him naked. I made out with him. You know, it's like it's so weird. <laughs> because we were in Milwaukee at the same time doing weird things. <laughs> yeah, so that's, yeah, and, and, yeah, maybe in, it wouldn't happen in New York. But no, no. In my experience, nothing like that happened in New York. <laughs> it well, probably is now. Things are like getting a little bit more loose, and and again, I think. Well, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I missed. I missed the New York party boat. <laughs> well, it looks like we're getting to the end of our time. All right. Um. Um. Thanks for. Having me on the podcast. Well, we have oh, our psychic welcome. test. We would. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to improve my psychic skills and very slowly getting better. Um, so I'm going to try a psychic test with you. Here's a co- try that coin. Uh, try the coin. Yeah, try. <laughs> it's going to either be heads or tails. But um, I'm going to try and guess if once you're once you've uh, found one of the sides that you hold on. All right, what do you think it is? Tails? <laughs> it's, it's hard to see it. Yes, it's it tails. tails. Oh, my God, we are, yeah, I feel it. We're really psychically a, a, connecting yeah, right now. The portal has amazing. been opened. Yeah. Our coins, you know, it's a special coin. Yeah. That it's, it's a, <laughs> I'm like, it's what normal, the, what is normal, this coin? It's a quarter. I don't know what this is. But it's almost a worn, or a tail. It's almost worn off. <laughs> yeah, so I figured it has... Some quality to it. Mm-hmm. Here's some. Uh, a, here's the psychic <laughs> test cards. What, these, do I, what these, do I do with these? So, like, pick one of those. Just one. Yeah, just one. Um, Don't look at them. Pick no, you can look at them oh. and just, just you know, pick one of the symbols that you want to concentrate on. Um, there's a name for these test cards. They're kind of the, the standard in the psychic industry, but I can't remember what it is. Okay. Um, is it? Um, Three wavy lines? No. Oh. Come on, I'm sending you a very strong. Okay, uh, square. No. Okay. We'll move on. <laughs> what, 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 what was it? I just have to a know. A star. It was a star. Oh, that was my fifth guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, here's the right, deck of uh, cocktail, on, um, cocktail cards. This is getting harder because um, it's a Okay. <laughs> There's a cocktail. Um, okay. Is, okay. Is it a uh, the bulldog? No. Okay. What was it? The Moscow Mule. Moscow Mule. <laughs> so obvious. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, yeah. Yeah. That would have been my next guess. So so the last one is just to pick something out and um from a, a cult, from a culture. Oh right 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 a um, book or a movie. Or movie, song, TV show. All right, I'm thinking of a book. A book? Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's see. Is it... Um, Mrs. Dalloway? Oh, my God. No. But, I, you know, I feel like it could have been. It's Moby Dick. Moby Dick. Oh, yeah. Okay. You got the M, right? You're getting the M. <laughs> M. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's okay. And the D. Yeah. 
That's oh my god, Randy, you were so close. Moby Dick. You were getting the MD, and you just. And I've read. Mo I've read Moby Dick. I read yeah. it in, on the subway. It was a good place to. Oh yeah. I used to read on the subway. That was like that. that was my one of my favorite things in New York is that I read more than I had in a long time. Oh yeah, that's good. Was, I always got so distracted my, by people watching. It was my way of putting up a a uh, force field around myself. Was yeah. Just to read and just really get into it. So yeah. It helped. And I wrote. I went on on rush hour too because I had a nine you know nine to five job. Yeah. So it's so crowded. I just needed to. Oh yeah. Sometimes you, you know, can't get the book far enough away from your face. Yeah. I just to have actually to, read. I just have to concentrate and. It was a good, it was a, it was a good reading environment for me. I miss. Well, it was, it was, it was nice to see you and yeah, nice to see in, you. Thank you, in, uh, Montana. Thank you. Maybe, maybe on, when we have our um, podcast tour, we'll come by. Oh, please do. Be, okay, thanks.